What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my week six running back start sits. So breaking down every single week six matchup, talking about every single fantasy relevant running back, and then listing them as either a start fringe option or a sit. The starts are the players you're going to feel very confident throwing into your lineup. These are typically going to be like your running back ones, your running back twos, the fringe options. You may not love it, but they could be your flex options. We know with bye weeks, we have two teams on bye. Maybe they're slotting in to be like your running back two for the week. And then sits are obviously going to be players you prefer to keep on your bench. If you guys enjoy the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'll have all my other start sit videos coming out today also. But let's dive right into the first matchup. Thursday night football, we have the Broncos taking on the Chiefs. And from a real life NFL perspective, this one could get ugly. But starting off here with the Broncos backfield, Currently, I have all three of these guys listed as sits, Javante Williams, Jaleel McLaughlin, and then Samaj Pirine. Javante was a game-time decision for Sunday. He didn't end up playing, so he probably has somewhat of a shot to play here on Thursday night. And if he does play, I think this is probably going to be a gross three-headed committee because we saw McLaughlin come out and was actually pretty impressive in an expanded role. He had nine carries for 68 yards, three receptions uh, for 21 yards, and they also had a receiving touchdown. Uh, Samaje Piran did play more snaps and he did run more routes, but McLaughlin was the more impactful player. Now, if Javante doesn't give it a go, I'd prefer McLaughlin, but I mean, still, we're talking about a 50-50 split in a not so great offense, in a bad matchup. Like, I don't know if you would love him there. And then if Javante does play, it's probably going to be really disgusting. Like, I do think that McLaughlin has kind of carved out some kind of role just based on how he played with Javante out. So kind of a backfield we're going to have to wait and see on. But right now, I would just prefer to not play any of these dudes this week. On the other side for the Chiefs, Pacheco has kind of really established himself as their clear running back one. He's going to have a nice weekly workload on the ground. Also, this is a pretty solid matchup here and a game where they should be double-digit point favorites. They should be ahead, which means Pacheco could be the one icing the game. The goal line work and the receiving usage still kind of up in the air, but I still think this week he's a really nice start in your lineup as like a running back two. Now, shifting over to Sunday, we have the Ravens taking on the Titans, and this Ravens backfield is just all over the place as always. Edwards and Justice Hill, they keep flipping roles. They keep flipping who's leading the backfield. Early on, it was Justice Hill. Then Justice Hill got injured. Then it was Gus Edwards. Then Justice Hill was back. It seemed like Gus Edwards was going to hold on to the role. And then Justice Hill comes back. He's getting way more receiving work. He's getting involved on the goal line. So I think at this point, you just fade both of these running backs, especially in a tough matchup here against the Titans. On the other side for the Titans, I have Derrick Henry as a start, but this backfield is not trending in the right direction for Derrick Henry. They had a competitive game against the Colts, and Derrick Henry only played five more snaps than Tajay Spears. Henry saw 15 opportunities to Tajay Spears' 12, and that is a rough usage for Derrick Henry in a close matchup. Like, he's still going to be startable, but Spears is definitely showcasing some potential value. The Ravens are favored in this game, which means that Tajay Spears has the potential to kind of log more snaps if the Ravens go ahead early. The uh, Titans could end up pivoting to Tajay Spears like they've done in previous matchups. So like I said, I still think Derrick Henry's startable. He's probably more of a running back too, because the kind of concern with Derrick Henry was that if they're trailing, they're going to move away from him, pivot to Tajay Spears. But now we have concerns that even in close matchups, he's not going to be handling a massive workload. That is not a great sign moving forward. If you can still sell off of him for like a more established running back one, 
I would look to do so. Someone I talked about in my trade target video was Jonathan Taylor. If you can get a straight up Derrick Henry for JT trade, I would definitely be interested in that. Um, But now moving over to the next matchup, we have the Commanders taking on the Falcons. For the Commanders, even after a down game, I'm really not too uh, worried about Brian Robinson here. It was just a really tough game script. The uh, Bears went ahead really early on. Then they pivot to Antonio Gibson. It'll happen. I don't really think the Falcons have the offensive firepower to like go crazy ahead on the Commanders in this matchup. So Brian Robinson should be back to his normal role as their clear-cut running back one. And then for the Falcons... Bijan Robinson coming off of a pedestrian game. The efficiency on the ground hasn't been great for either of these guys in recent weeks, but Bijan is still getting involved as a pass catcher. He had a really nice like one-handed uh, touchdown catch where he like caught it behind his back, um, took it into the end zone. So I still like Bijan Robinson as a locked-in high-end running back one. And then sitting Tyler Algier. If the efficiency is not going to be there, it's really tough to actually trust um, Tyler Algier week to week as like their running back two. Then in the next matchup, we have a divisional game here between the Vikings and the Bears. And for the Vikings, I have Alexander Madison as a fringe option. He still led the backfield um, in week four, or sorry, week five, but Cam Akers was starting to gain some traction. So he still was the clear leader in snaps, routes, run. He had 11 opportunities to Cam Akers seven. So the gap is being closed there. It is a pretty solid matchup here against the Bears, who have allowed the third most fantasy points to running backs, but I also think it's hard to just go in and fully trust Alexander Madison because he could continue losing opportunities, and this could end up being like a full-on 50-50 split in a backfield that hasn't necessarily been great. So I have Madison as probably like a high-end RB3, but not someone who I think is a smash matchup, um, even in a solid uh, game here against the Bears. And then obviously going to be sitting Cam Akers. Madison at this point looks like he'll still lead. So Cam Akers will be a sit, even though he is gaining some ground. Then on the other side for the Bears, Roshan Johnson dealing with a concussion. But then you have Khalil Herbert, who's likely going to miss some time with a high ankle sprain. This kind of just opened up this backfield for Roshan Johnson, where he now is probably going to be slotted in as the clear-cut starter. You do have Deonta Foreman there, who got snaps in week one, but since then he's been a healthy scratch, so you have to imagine they go to Roshan Johnson pretty heavily to be their number one, and he should definitely be the guy in there um, on receiving opportunities. So I like Roshan Johnson as a probably a back-end RB2 this week. Can't fully trust him, but you'd have to imagine he handles a pretty solid workload and then going to be sitting his likely backup, um, Deonta Foreman. That's going to lead us into the Seahawks-Bengals matchup. Two pretty clear starts for me here. For the Seahawks, you fire up Kenneth Walker. He's looked great through five weeks coming off the bye. Sitting Zach Charbonnet is handcuffed. And then for the Bengals, continue to fire up Joe Mixon. He continues to dominate the snaps. Joe Burrow looked like he was completely back in week five, which is great news moving forward. If Burrow's playing at a high level, Joe Mixon's fantasy value should definitely be on the rise. That is going to lead us into a game between the 49ers and the Browns. For the 49ers, just went out, absolutely lit up the Cowboys. You just continue to fire up Christian McCaffrey as the clear-cut running back one. He's a locked-in start. And then for the Browns here, I have Jerome Ford listed as a fringe option and then sitting Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong. It does look like Jerome Ford is going to be split in carries with both Hunt and Strong, but he has operated as their clear-cut top receiving back while also leading in the carry department. So he had a 61% raw participation in week four. They had a week five bye. So if he's leading in carries and being pretty involved as a pass catcher, he's the guy I would want to play here. Obviously a tough matchup against the 49ers, but even if they go down because he has that receiving role, I think he's someone who could still be relevant for fantasy. So he will be a fringe option as like a running back three. 
Then we're going to have the Saints taking on the Texans. For the Saints, Alvin Kamara just continues to handle a solid workload. You just continue to ride the hot hand there. You fire him up as a start here against the Texans. And then Kendra Miller did start to get some opportunities. Not enough where I'd really consider starting him, but we'll see if he's able to kind of uh, grow on that role in the next two weeks before Jamal Williams can come off of IR because that's kind of his shot to secure the RB2 spot. If he can do something, maybe he locks it down. If not, Jamal Williams probably steps back in and turns this into some kind of committee here with Alvin Kamara. On the other side with the Texans, I have Damian Pierce as a fringe option. I do think better games should be ahead for Damian Pierce. He's commanding a really solid workload on the ground. The efficiency hasn't been there. Um, The O-line is starting to get healthy. He just draws a really tough matchup here against the Saints. They've allowed the fifth fewest points per game to the running back position this season. So that's why he's more of like a high-end RB3. Then we're going to have the Colts taking on the Jaguars. And honestly, this Colts backfield is kind of tough to navigate through at this point. Jonathan Taylor coming off the pup list, activated. He was healthy. He was playing. And we just saw Zach Moss completely dominate the snaps. I think JT played 10 snaps, six carries one target. Zach Moss had a monster game. So like, what are they going to do heading into uh, week six here? The way that I look at it is I think it's going to be somewhat of a split in week six, but I would give the slight edge to Jonathan Taylor to lead this backfield. I think you just paid him all that money. You kind of eased him back in week five. I think you just go to him as your running back one. I still think Zach Moss is going to be pretty involved. Like I don't think the roles are just going to be completely flipped from week five to week six, they're probably both somewhat involved, which is why I have Zach Moss as a fringe option. But I would slightly prefer Jonathan Taylor. If you think they're going to take it kind of slow and still give Zach Moss the majority of the touches, like I'm not going to push back super hard. If you're worried about starting JT or super confident in starting Zach Moss, like I understand how you could get there. It is a situation that's just completely up in the air. Maybe we'll get some kind of reports from their coaching staff, you know, through the interviews Uh, to just kind of see how this running back room is going to shake out. But at this point, I would slightly prefer JT this week. And if JT is going to lead in touches, I want him in my lineup. On the other side for the Jaguars, Travis Etienne coming off of a monster game. He had had really strong usage in previous weeks, just hadn't necessarily put together like a monster fantasy day. That is what he did in week five. He's also starting to get some of the work closer to the goal line, which is encouraging because that was really like the only thing he was losing out on. He was getting the receiving work huge workload on the ground. So great news for uh, Travis Etienne. Next game is going to be between the Panthers and the Dolphins. And you got to be feeling bad if you are a Miles Sanders owner at this point. It really looks like this is turning into a full-on committee. And Chuba may be turning into the 1A in this committee. He saw more carries and targets than Miles Sanders. He also didn't just you know split the normal work, but Miles Sanders was getting the more valuable opportunities. We actually saw Chuba take three of the four goal line snaps and then four of the six two-minute drill snaps. And the original argument last week was like, all right, Miles Sanders, he's dealing with a groin injury. They're having him play through it. That's why there's a split here. He was still limited a little bit last week, but he actually ended up logging a full participation in at least one practice um, in week uh, or heading into week five. So he was apparently healthy heading into this game and the Panthers still opted for this split. So if Chuba's on waivers, I would definitely go out Um, you know, try to submit a claim for him because he could end up taking over this backfield. It'll probably stay a gross split just because they did pay Miles Sanders. And it's a pretty bad look if you just flat out bench him. But Sanders hasn't been good so far. And Chuba could be uh, starting to take that starting job. But even with it being such a close split, like I don't think you can start either of these guys with how bad this Panthers offense has been. 
Now, on the other side with the Dolphins, just got to give another shout out to Devon Achan here. Even though he was outsnapped and ran less routes than Raheem Mostert, their workloads were pretty similar, and Achan just continues to be crazy productive. 11 carries, 151 yards, and a touchdown. He also added a reception for 14 yards. He also lost a fumble early on in the game. And instead, you know, sometimes guys get benched, they get pulled um, for a fumble early on. I know the Patriots are kind of notorious for that. That is not what Mike McDaniel did. They went right back to him. And then obviously, like I said, he had a monster performance. He is dealing with a knee injury. So we don't necessarily know if he's going to be healthy for this game. Obviously, if he plays, you got to fire him up as a start. If he doesn't play, then that's going to be a boost to Raheem Mostert. And we'll see if Jeff Wilson comes off of IR. In like super deep leagues or super big leagues, Jeff Wilson could end up being like a viable play um, if A-Chan is out and you think they're going to go to Wilson as like their 1B. But in normal size leagues, I really wouldn't love it. Hopefully A-Chan's good to go. He's been so impressive um, in his three weeks getting legit work. So I'd like to see him back in there. If he does play, I think both A-Chan and Mostert are really solid starts in your lineup. We saw both of them produce um, in week five. Now, shifting over to the Patriots-Raiders matchup, this is not a good look for uh, Ramondre Stevenson and those who roster him in fantasy football. This was pretty close to a 50-50 split. Uh, Ramondre played 27 snaps to Zeke's 25. Ramondre did run five more routes, um, but they both logged eight carries, and Zeke was targeted four times to Ramondre's one. At this point, I still slightly favor Ramondre just because I think he's the better player overall. But like he can't be considered as anything better than an RB3 at this point, at least week to week. This is not a good look. This Patriots offense as a whole has been really bad. So if you're getting a 50-50 split in a bad offense, that is not ideal. We'll see what this split looks like here against the Raiders. But at this point, the panic level has to be decently high on Ramondre Stevenson. Because early on, he wasn't producing, but the workload was still solid. Now he's actively losing work to Ezekiel Elliott, which is also not a great sign just given how kind of washed Zeke has looked in the last few years. If he's taking your opportunities, that is not ideal. On the other side for the Raiders, just keep firing up Josh Jacobs as a locked in running back one. In the next game, we have the Lions taking on the Buccaneers. For the Lions, Jameer Gibbs ended up missing their uh, week five game. So David Montgomery, per usual, handled a massive workload. Think you fire him up as a start like you've been doing. And then for Jameer Gibbs, I have him as a fringe option. Like coming into last week, I had him as a start, as like a back end running back too. I just think if he missed a game, he was already on a pretty small workload. Like does his workload get docked again, you know, because he's coming back from injury? We'll see. He's probably going to be like a high end running back three for me this week. So that's why he's going to be a fringe option. Then for Rashad White, this was a tough call between a start and a sit. Because when we look at Rashad White's utilization, he's been used pretty much like a workhorse. He's dominating the snaps. He's getting a lot of the goal line looks. He's very involved as a pass catcher, at least in terms of like running a lot of routes. But his efficiency has been really rough. He's actually the sixth worst uh, running back in terms of rushing yards over expected per attempt, which is not ideal. And then this is a tough matchup against the Lions who have allowed the second fewest points per game to the running back position. So that's why he's right on the edge here. It's just one of those spots where tough matchup also coming off the bye. A lot of teams, you know, have an opportunity to evaluate their situation. Maybe they are not super happy with what he's done through the first four weeks, and maybe they start to distribute his touches elsewhere. There's just a lot of things where this could kind of go wrong. So for Rashad White, that's why I have him as a fringe play. On the next game, we have the Cardinals taking on the Rams. 
Now for the Cardinals, still don't have a ton of clarity on the James Conner injury. Um, he had a big run and then left. I think it was a knee. So if James Conner's back and playing, um, I think you fire him up as a solid start like you've been doing. If he does not play, then I think we just have to monitor the running back situation with Amari DiMarcado and then also Keontae Ingram, who has missed time because heading into the season, Keontae Ingram was their running back too. He's been out with a neck injury. So if he continues to be out, then I think you can fire up DiMarcado as probably like a back-end RB2. You probably don't feel great about it, but that is something you could do. If Keontae Ingram is back, then it just really turns into a gross situation because if you start DiMarcado, you're running the risk of them just completely going back to Keontae Ingram. So something we'll have to monitor throughout the week. Hopefully, uh, James Conner just gets healthy and we don't really have to deal with that. On the other side for the Rams, even in a down game in terms of fantasy points, Kyron Williams continues to dominate the opportunities and the snaps. Solid matchup here against the Cardinals, so he continues to be a locked-in start. Then for the Eagles-Jets, um, Eagles, DeAndre Swift has that RB1 spot locked up. You keep firing him up as like a fringe running back one, sitting Kenneth Gainwell, his handcuff. And then for the Jets, Brees Hall, I think we can say, is officially back here. He is no longer on a workload restriction. He took 22 of the 29 running back carries. He rushed for 177 yards and a touchdown, three receptions for 17 receiving yards. He had the third most rushing yards over expected per attempt. So another great sign there for Brees Hall. The only thing that he could probably improve on is his routes run. They still have Michael Carter running a lot of routes, which is a little bit unfortunate because I think most would agree that uh, Brees Hall is the best receiving weapon there. They're still giving some touches to Dalvin Cook, but he's very clearly washed. And I mean, 22 carries out of Brees Hall. I think if you told you know someone heading into the season that in week five, Brees Hall would have 20 plus carries, you'd be feeling pretty good about how he was recovering from that ACL. So I think he continued to fire up Brees Hall as a solid start. Then shifting over to the Sunday night game, this is a rough one. Uh, Giants taking on the Bills. Yikes, Giants in these primetime games has not been a uh, good mix. But for the Giants, I have to assume that Saquon's going to be back. I thought he'd be back in week five, was not able to give it a go. Like I said, I think he'll play um, here on Sunday Night Football. If he does play, you fire him up as a start. If he doesn't play, you just fade that running back room. This could get rough. Um, On the other side for the Bills, James Cook coming off of a very bad game. I still think he's a good option moving forward. He's not going to have that RB1 upside because his role is just kind of capped, but he's a weekly RB2 like he's been, not really fading off of that. And then sitting the depth options there, Latavius Murray and Damian Harris getting involved, but not enough to be like a locked in start. And then the final game of the week, Monday Night Football, Cowboys taking on the Chargers. Pretty easy here. You fire up these workhorses, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler locked in starts. I have to imagine Eckler is going to be back for this one. He had the bye week to rest up. I think he had already missed uh, two or maybe even three games. So I like Eckler and hopefully we do see him here on Monday Night Football. But that is going to wrap it up for my running back start sits. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. If you did, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Go check out the other start sits. Any fantasy questions, drop those down below. I'll make sure to get back to you as soon as I can. But thank you all again for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.